0: folks, thanks for joining us uh, what are we now, episode 12? Twelve,
1: yeah.
0: 12 12, yeah I, I don't know how this is, how this is still going but <laughs> it seems to be working out rightly uh, well Simon we've we a sort of action packed as they would say, a bit like the game. we game we've, we've a lot going on in this week's episode uh, we've a Dairy City commercial director, uh, Bert Martin who comes on to see us and chats about a few issues that uh, a Dairy City fan, Patrick, brought up and They'd be fairly Patrick. You can up with a few very good points that Derry City Football Club and Bert uh, addresses uh, some of them uh, ahead of the, the, the big game against on next Monday night. He wants to sort of talk to the, the home support in particular. We also have a, a bit of reaction from, from Johada, where uh, Peter Schmeichel, or sorry, uh, <laughs> Brian Baher, uh was was in top form and you to wee chat with him. But I suppose we, we sort of have to start it. Johada, Simon, it was. You get your production up, 1-0, I'm get back like, up a road, so I, I'll give you credit there. It's not lucky. No, no, but you're high every once in a while. It's probably a seat. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it was a big one. It was a massive one, and it was, uh, shall we say, fortunate, to say the least?
1: Well, 100% it was, but uh, he wanted a reaction. Murray Higgins wanted a reaction, and he got it, Like in terms of what was lacking on the Monday night against Rovers, the intensity, uh, just... Being able to keep the ball for five minutes, I suppose that that would help. And, and it, but in fairness to them, it was a different kind of a game, a different kind of performance that they produced. A battling performance. They they, they showed something similar in Shelburne and the one 0 one in Tocal Park too, if you remember back. Uh, but what they needed they dig deep, and they were they were fortunate. They could have also on the counter got a, a maybe got, got a, maybe made it more comfortable for themselves, but they didn't. But uh, it was a lot of battling qualities, a lot of big performances from your more experienced players, like you, on the night. Um, so definitely, three points well needed, um, and there's three points from the top.
0: Well, this is up it just because the way the, the sort of results went. We obviously Rovers beating Bose in a controversial evening at, at were referees at the centre of it again. But from Derry's point of view, it's all bounced up. Uh, everybody's on there, you know, Rovers. Obviously, pairing at the minute and they're sitting second and they're, they're loving life. Bowls have been brought back under it. But look, if you're Gary if you're Higgins and the players that you're out and your players possibly coming back, we've seen a tweet there at the weekend from Mark Connolly back soon. The mm. a fans are jumping all on that there. So it's just a case of you know, you can stay on there and that's what Ray's alluding If we can stay on there and get these boys back, there's a, still a chance. You know, it was doom and gloom after Shamrock Rovers and everybody was. But
1: they brunched back in the exact way you'd want them to be. Obviously, Collie Whelan uh, has injury as well. That didn't sort of help matters in terms of the atmosphere around the place. But uh, Rory Higgins also said uh, before the match on Friday that Cameron Domingan could potentially be back in training this week as well too. Um, so and. and you know, we have Mark Conley then coming back, that's hopefully not too far behind. That's 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 massive when you're still on around the top of the table, going well on there by game against uh um Bohemians the leaders they didn't win Friday night. But uh in terms of drawing it was it was a fantastic but a football that led to the goal. Adam O'Reilly finally got off the mark. I know he was Looking to add that sort of um, part day's game, he, he fancies himself as an all-around sort of midfield player, which, you know, he's, he's, he's known for his sort of energy and his robust tackles and getting on your face the opposition, and uh, he, he showed uh, uh, that he can sort of hit one as well too. like it was a great finish and a lovely wee touch by Jordan McInerney, Navaldo.
0: Well, that's it, you know, I think the thing that will really please too was when they lost it, the aloe straight in, high up the pitch, mm-hmm. won the ball back. You say Jordan, Emma, my lovely wee flicking, and Alan didn't think about it, just had a first day bottom corner, and you sort of went, right, that's a start, let's go, let's kick on. And okay, they didn't kick on in terms of getting another goal, but the big boys, you said earlier, stepped up, Fatsy, Amagnoni, Camry, Jennifer, Janet were right, immense, won right. a lot of headers, won a lot of tackles. Uh, and blocks
1: as well, a few blocks uh, maybe went unnoticed.
0: Exactly, but, but fans but sort of don't really appreciate it. They back. sort of go, oh, I won that header, eh? But you don't, as you say you don't really appreciate the blocks that was flying on them. That's what you have to do. That's you certainly have to do down in Toronto. It's always difficult. Doesn't matter what team we alluded to come down there it was going to be and it it certainly wasn't. Big Boy Jooper up front. He is a handful. He he is a talent player. He's on loan from Lincoln. I can see him going back to Lincoln at the in the summer and, and possibly getting into their squad for next season, you know. But
1: I thought you were going to say possibly coming to Brandon. Well,
0: now am very nice. You're at it already. trying to play for Higgins.
1: But he, he showed the Brandon well too, and <laughs> the, 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 the the one 0 defeat they they earlier, um, the season that what he can do. He's a big, strong boy, like, and he and I give as much as Shane and Cameron McDaniel were fantastic. They, they were they were. They had to work for for that clean sheet, didn't they?
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, uh, Ryan Brem was the heart of things. Uh, Two flicking mm-hmm. balls around the corner. And where did you get Went and crossed the in <laughs> uh, No, there was there was a lot of good play. Be, be and as I say, Kevin Dordy, their manager was 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 distraught that they didn't get something from the game because they had enough chances. There's no denying it. But sometimes those mm-hmm. the type of performances and results. Sort of kickstart your season and get you going again. Mm. That's a Royal big
1: Open. That's what happened. Right, it was it's like two two ones or something in, in the last ten years in the league down there. Like you know, and it was it was a three two draws and a defeat. Am I, am I right? Last I season and the.
0: I, uh,
1: um. So, so, you know, it's always going to be a tough one down there. Uh, they showed the brand well that they can, you know, they can cause you problems as well too. So, but, but speaking to Ray Higgins afterwards, he was he was delighted, wasn't he? he? was he was. So sometimes these ones are, as you say, more pleasing. You know, well, your your question maybe, and I say publicly, but but maybe the fans were sort of questioning the character of the the, the, the players in terms of how, how poor they were. If 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 you're being honest against yeah. Samuel Grovers and they just does not show up and then. You know, you, there are question marks, and then they go out and they produce a performance like that, and you think, "No, oh, this is this is a good group here. Like they've got, uh, you know, they, they they have proper ambitions, and they've got their ball. They they dig deep and show that side of the game, the ugly side.
0: It was also sort of telling they see and good to see on Friday night was Mark Connolly and Patrick Magalini weren't sitting on the stand beside yeah. I think it was Kieran Hartman, Jaggy and Kieran, Cameron Dunneigan were in the stand. M two were down at the bench, yeah. and they were like coaches too, and they were shouting on to settled settle, calm down, keep it, keep it. And you yeah. seen Patrick shouting on he's seen great header and all these type of things. And that just tells you these two boys know themselves how big they are for the squad and how big players they are in the dressing room. And they shouldn't just be just standing on the sidelines. They're not just sitting on the sidelines. Understand, the they're
1: right in the heart of it too like yeah and you, i think it'd be fair to give kieran Cole mention too because he was uh, uh, that sort of mouthpiece for want of a better term on the pitch as well too when, when they needed to show cool heads he was calming things down and and you need that like you need that from your big like, players but uh, a lot of people a lot of the players came out with definitely um not them redeemed themselves from from maybe monday night's performance you know but one guy that like, I think we we have to mention is Brian Maher. You said <coughs> Peter Schmeichel. Rory Hickens says it was as first save was Peter Schmeichel-esque. And it, and it was he just made himself huge, you know, as he as he came across. Some will say Driper should score, but he actually he executes it well. He heads it down on under the ground. It was just fantastic reflexes. Oh,
0: listen, I'm not taking it in the way. It's an unbelievable <laughs> save, but and the only but I'm saying is if that's the other end... I'm cracking up, he doesn't put keeper at all in the net, that's all Sweet. I'm saying, it's a great save, but if you're if you're looking from Kevin Doherty's point of view, he's sitting there going, my striker's four yards two yards so out, that would yeah, be kind, you have from. to put it in the net, but as I say, that's taking a wee bit away, because as you say, is, is it the far of, is
1: it post, uh, far post,
0: rolled post rolled cross, <laughs> spread himself well, I think it actually might be his left knee, or whatever, yeah. it, gets it out. doesn't matter what it is, he kept it out, and then he made one then and stoppage time, the ball came on, the big man again was causing problems, <laughs> He was down on the ground, and he panned it away, so it just one, tells you how he, you, know, you say brave and uh, you know, the agility of him too, and a big player, and look, clean sheets and, and strong defences, normally 1G league titles, as they say. Yeah. The, the, the
1: thing I is, like, obviously, the, the goal scoring is, is the, the, the slight concern. It's great when you're getting clean sheets, which you, you, do need to, like, you don't want a title without getting a, a load of clean sheets and, and defending like they did, but... Uh, I was a joke with Adam O'Reilly afterwards. Like, that gets one, he's only three half top goal scorer now, so he was. <laughs> <laughs> <going> for a golden, but <laughs> really. I got motivation for him, but um, no, In terms of Brian Maher, though, he, he got all the plaudits, and and after making the, the mistake uh, on TV on the Monday night, you know where he, he, t- he puts his hands up, and you know he he sort of just judged it wrong. He, he, he says afterwards about how they they spent spent the day and the Wednesday you know looking at the video, video and learning from it and that's that's I, I love his attitude he thinks, no, it's we see it as a positive I know that I'll not do that again or that's the way I play I'm not going to take away from the way I play which is you, you wouldn't want them to because he's fantastic at it his distribution the ball, the people but we'll hear from him now and just, just listening for for uh Dairy News Sports centre Gary Ferry and then, like he's he's beside me in the, the interview you know and and he's Rather harsh. I had to call him out the fact that it caused Brian Mather a valve.
0: Very harsh.
2: Obviously Monday was tough, but um, you know it, it doesn't affect me that much because I think look, it's one mistake and, and it's one action, and uh, I think it's it's something I'm, I'm quite good at and it's a game, part of my game. You know that I really value. So um, it's one mistake, and um, you know everybody makes them. It's just about how you come back from it, and, and you know I think I want to support it right tonight for the team and, and, and get us two points hopefully and help it. The
1: well, two boys in front, D two Shane and Cam uh, as well, they were absolutely fantastic. Absolutely,
2: around. yeah, outstanding, and, and they have been for most of the season. I think they don't get the credit they deserve. Um, as we just said, there Draper is such a danger, and mm. and they've you know they've gone and matched them headers, tackles. You know there's a lot of blocks out there that maybe go unnoticed, and, and then their quality on the ball as well shone through. I think.
1: Talk us through your, your, your two saves. The first one, where he said smichael I suppose. Like it was, you made yourself big and it was a fantastic save.
2: Yeah, look, I was, I was walking off the pitch with with Doc, you know, the, the goalkeeper coach, and, and we're just talking. We're saying, you know, we do that during the week, probably yeah. 25 times a week. You know, it's 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 something that we do, you know, turning off your post and getting across the goal as fast as you can. And, and you know, trying, I tried to make myself big and, you know, and, and hoped it would hit me, and, and it did, thank God, because I think... Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a huge chance for them.
1: Yeah, because a lot's made about your distribution and, and how good you are with your feet. But you know, you've shown that, that you've got you know, a great st- shot stopper as well, Brian. Like, that was yeah, so yeah,
2: though, and so. and to be fair, with the boys in front of me, and and I think with with the way the team's playing, I don't think we give away a whole lot of chances. So I think maybe it's not a part of the game that gets talked about. And fair enough. And um, you know, I just want to be there when when needed. And tonight, I'm happy. I think I was
0: in this week so in football. you can go from the Valens to, to the hero hero the back like, like when you came out tonight, you uh, it on the car park, exactly nearly right? yeah, so with a little chuckle there, no? oh, there, harsh. yeah <laughs> look I'm only, I'm, only um, I'm only 22
2: I'm only 22 I'm going to make mistakes you know I think as I said everybody does and it's, it's about how you come back for it. I've got good support around me the, the boys had my back and you know it was, it was a tough one to take on Monday it's, it's obviously as well with, with it being on TV I think it, there's a lot of opinions about it and stuff but as I said to someone a minute ago, I think it's a it's a part of my game that I really value. So um, it doesn't aff- affect me. It's you know it's as I say, water off ducks back. It's, it's you got to just bounce back and learn. And we went through on the video on uh, on Wednesday and and we learned from it. And you know it's only going to make me better. So look, you got to use it as a positive sometimes. It's another big game now next Friday, and and a win would really put us in a great position. After you know, Monday it was it was like the end of the world, you know, for some for when you see it. So look there's going to be ups and downs all year and, and we just need you know our dressing room is never going to not stick together so we need everybody together pulling in the same direction and look we'll be fine where we know the quality that's in that dressing room we know at times we haven't hit the heights that that maybe we could and and we're working really hard and it's a good dressing room and as i said we'll get there
1: I was, was, Brian there, um there, and obviously delighted. I, I, as I said before, uh, we introduced to just the the piece there. That it was, it's really refreshing to hear him. How he, he's not going to change his game. He's not going to change the way he, he plays for anybody because that's that's a strength and he values that as he says. Um, you know, and it's, it's entertaining as well too. As much as your 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 heart's in your throat half the time when he comes out like that, but he's got that ability also a great shot stopper doesn't always get the chance they, they they show that sort of part of his game because in fairness to day, they Derry, they, they can be you know apart from set pieces potentially but they can, they are you know they get two boys ahead of them and there are not many, too many shots that get, get on that on target as well too. So they show that side of the game that's that's all he's, he's as as Rory Higgins says he's the, the best keeper in the country. Would you agree with that?
0: Ah yeah. you know it's probably manus probably experience probably puts him uh, to maybe the best keeper, and I know suddenly beside him at the Football Writers Awards this year, he was and and Alan Mallett went up and picked up the last year's goal sort of Golden Glove as such. Uh, you can see a wee glint in the eye going, hmm, I want to be there this it's time great. next year type thing. Like so, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. He, uh, I that man at there because he's top drawer. Like and I think he's went the new levels. And I was speaking to goalkeeper coach Michael Doherty and. Doc's just come on this year, and he was saying that another reason why Brian's doing so well as Tag Ryan has mm-hmm. been unbelievable. He says uh, Doc says he's never seen a number two keeper in inverted commas uh, his professional approach, his attitude, the every session he's really brought Brian on, and it could be it could easily be number one anywhere. That's that's how good that, that Doc thinks Tag is too. So I just tells you that. You know, he, he it's the both keepers are at it and that's why Brian knows himself anything about it because the boy behind me is decent too, Luke. he
1: Brandon's he just look it's definitely working well, whatever's going on, you know, and uh it's just it was good that for him they experience that sort of left, you know, after after Monday night, after, occurs,
0: being, so. the after
1: being the villain, after being
0: the <laughs> villain, <laughs> he's now a hero.
1: We're as fickle as ever,
0: oh, uh, definitely. We are, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking here at the, the results from from last week weekend, too. There was a few tasty ones and goals going on at Cork, managerless Cork against manager managerless St. Pat's. It was an interesting one. Uh, St. Pat's came out 3 2 victors. uh Obviously, they're in the big Dublin Derby. Top of the table. The Rovers won 2-0 against Bows. Controversial, as we alluded mm-hmm. to earlier in the, in the show. And another Dublin Derby. Shelburne, who I have to admit, I'm the first party to say, I didn't see this coming. Shelburne's sitting fifth, flying, uh, doing really well. Got a 1-0 victory against UCD on Friday night. And then Dundalk, a uh, few sticky period. They get a big one on Saturday night then, down at Slego, who, we keep saying it, they're the most inconsistent team in the league, they, they've got their top scorer, uh, and then they, they don't mark, mark the smallest man in the pitch and Keith Ward, and Wardy comes off the bench and gets a winner for Dundalk so they won 1-0, so it's it sort of set everything up then for, for this Friday when you sort of look at the games coming up this weekend, obviously Derry are down at the, the leaders you've Cork at home, sorry Cork travelling to Dundalk, Some Pats home to Drahada, and the champions travel to UCD uh, so you're sort of probably expecting Rover to pick up three points there. Your fist certainly <laughs> says that anyway when you heard that factor, <laughs> uh, And then Saturday night you've got Slego uh, at home to the main Duff's Shelburne. So there's a lot of games in the around there. And then we've obviously, you the Monday night then too, Derry played on Dock. So these, these Friday Mondays, a lot of games coming up and fucking fast. And, and <clears throat> the Friday Mondays that Derry have been dealt have been tough ones. I
1: know that they're all tough in the league, but... but... Even with the Drogheda one, the Drogheda match it was on a Friday night. I had the the Bows match it was on the Monday, but even that was a tough one. We all know how Drogheda, are, uh, but that's, this is two or too difficult fixtures, you know, Bows and Dundalk. It's uh, they've been dealt a sort of bad hand there. Do you think?
0: Ah, uh, you know what's what is it the the, the magic computer? <laughs> there are only two games on the Monday night. Is obviously Derry at home, they yeah. Dundalk, and then you have. Rovers against St. Pat's, I- I'm speculating here, but I assume that Europe, and the European right, they have been brought forward, yeah. that's why there's only that two games on, that. Uh, but you know, don't, don't sue me or send any letters if I'm wrong here, but well, uh, talking of uh, letters, we, we had uh, a lovely email, it came in from a Derry City fan, Patrick. Was,
1: can I just say, that was a lovely link there. Uh, do you like that? <laughs> <of laughs> it? it was
0: very professional, which is not like it. Uh 4, a Exactly. No, I wouldn't have thought it, But anyway. Uh, <laughs> That like, no, he's gone. But, <laughs> but no, the, the email came in, uh, it was a lovely, well-written email from a concerned Derry City fan, to be brutally honest with you, Patrick, and uh, he basically gave up a few sort of issues and points of view of what he felt was sort of going awry, basically, at the Brandywell, particularly protecting the last couple of weeks. So we went to the club and asked him, look, can we get somebody to come on, rather than as we alluded to this, I think it might have been episode two or whatever it was, and we didn't really want those two chatting about it again, yeah. basically. So, fair play to Bert Martin, come on. Bert's, you know, long-time fan, long-time volunteer. Now he's on the board. He's a commercial manager at the club, too. So he's been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. And he knows off the field what is happening, and he also discusses what harm, basically, what is happening at the club, and uh, we find him and everything else. So, look, this is a nice wee... It's a wee bit downbeat at the start, but we do pick it up. There's a lot more positivity at the end of the interview, so...
1: Before we there, i it, okay, i I've just listen out to you, because I had my best Edinburgh you voice, did. like you were You the
0: read out uh, Patrick's email, I accept <laughs> the fine now. I thought I put my phone in silent. I didn't. And uh, an email came in, and I went off halfway through your Edinburgh impression. So I accept the fine. But anyway, we'll get to your Edinburgh, and we'll get to Bert's interview now, so we'll listening
1: to this, folks, it's pretty interesting. Folks, we've got a special guest here this this evening on the podcast. Um, It's Bert Martin from Derry City Football Club, a commercial manager. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Bert. I'm sure there's there's a, a lot of things that we... We could ask you probably a lot of stuff that you're not going to answer, but um, we'll, we'll do our best to get through some some talking points anyway. But thanks for coming on.
0: One well, the, the big thing, Bert, is basically we get a, a fan that Patrick, a Derry City fan, sent us on a, a wee email last week and sort of bit of concerns that, that he had. Same with you, whenever we look at that email there now and just sort of read out what he's sort of saying.
1: I, I he raised some really good good sort of talking points as well too, things that, that fans have been asking us, fans have been asking everybody sort of connected with the club, I'm sure yourself too, Bert, but um, I'll, re- I'll read it out because it's, it's a fairly well-written letter, gets gets to the point fairly quickly, so I'll I'll, I'll hope I do Patrick justice here when I'm reading it out, but I'll, I'll do it all in full here, so uh, he's, it's so positive and refreshing to see many more young people at the games nowadays, he begins his, his email, it's, it's pretty long, by the way, isn't it? It's <laughs> oh, worth
0: a listen, to be fair.
1: So it, it is correct to say that the vast majority of young people going to the Brandoil want to create a positive atmosphere. This is something we all should celebrate and encourage. However, it is undeniable that a proportion of those young people are engaging in behaviour that is simply not acceptable. The issue around flares and pyro is well documented. Firstly, it strikes me that the pyro debate is not with Derry City, but with the League. If my understanding is correct, it is not Derry City, per se, who have banned flares, but as a league rule, enforced by fines. So if these younger fans want to debate the issue, then have that debate with the league, not with Derry City, who are merely carrying out their duty, which I assume forms as part of the lic- licensing requirement. There's a broader point here, though. The behaviour of some in and around the ground is disgraceful. We have all seen it over the last 18 months or so, albeit it has sadly increased in recent weeks. We know what this does to the club, however with the context of atmosphere, I ask what this does for the club. Bar the obvious negativity, the general behaviour of some of those in Block K, in my view, is killing the atmosphere, not adding to it. It doesn't go unnoticed that at half time almost the entirety of Block K empties and moves behind the stand. Given what happened at St. Pat's at halftime, it seems obvious why. The decision of some in Block K to (coughs) sing certain songs is equally unwelcome and disgusting, to be perfectly honest. Their aggressive disputes with Derry City security and their seemingly hell-bent wish to come into conflict with the board accumulates to create an unsavoury, unwelcoming and therefore very (coughs) negative atmosphere. I appreciate that a lot of Block K are young, but they need to know that this is not Derry City. Their behaviour towards stewards and the club is not Derry City. Their behaviour towards opposition fans is not Derry City. Their choice of songs is not Derry City. They, whether they want to hear it or not, are not Derry City. It begs the genuine question then of what can be done? I ask this as a separate question. What can be done by authorities, police or stewards? What can be done by the Derry City Football Club board? What can be done by ordinary fans who certainly do not want this behaviour to continue? It may be that there is no one answer to the problem, but if realistic answers are provided to the questions above, it may help provide a strategy to deal with this unwanted element of our support. Uh, Your podcast has the privileged position of being able to reach ordinary fans, and I wonder what ordinary fans can realistically do. I should say that I have not just witnessed this at home games, but at many away games. The behaviour of these same individuals and their choice of song is an embarrassment to our club up and down the country on a weekly basis. Should nothing be done then, they will be responsible for a justified sanction from the FAA, which I, as a season ticket holder and away traveller, will suffer, but frankly would support. These people are not welcome, their behaviour is not welcome, their sectarian songs are not welcome. So that's signed off by Paddy there. It's pretty, pretty strongly worded one mm. there. What, what, what's your sort of takeaways I, from that?
3: Absolutely, Simon. There's some great points there from Paddy, I have to say. I have to agree with most of it. Um, I think, first of all, he just mentioned the pyros and the flares. And we know that Pulse and Council and the club have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to try and address this issue. Because it is an issue that the FAA and UEFA have introduced and will force through. However, I would have to say from a club's point of view, if if this wasn't um, a rule through UEFA or the FA we would still want to enforce this because it's a safety issue. And I mean, I know people think it creates the atmosphere and it makes the match night experience better, but it's actually terrifying some of our younger fans. It's actually putting off some of our fans who have health issues. Do you know, people that are coming there and might have breathing issues and that smoke's going off in the pyro. So apart from the UEFA and FI bands, as a club we really need this to stop, and Pulse have been doing a lot of work, you know, with searching and we're trying to make sure that people aren't bringing in pyros and educating people, and we have a lot of community workers doing the same thing, so, again, from a club point of view, we need this to stop, and there has been a lot of work done on it. Um, The behaviour, recently, we've seen a kind of an uptick in poor behaviour all over the country, and I think it's even affected the Aries League and further afield. What what we're seeing is that from coming out of the pandemic, whenever there's maybe a year, year and a half, we no supporters and we have a new we have a new uh, fan base coming through, a younger fan base. And we love to encourage the younger people to come along. to buy season tickets, to support the club, but we really need the appeal with them to do it in an orderly manner. Support the club. Don't be bringing the club in, they distribute. Don't be putting all our fans at risk. Don't be scaring families from bringing their kids to the matches because without that younger generation we won't have a club in the future. It's really there for the younger generation. So we need to encourage them. We need to make it safe for them. And we need to work with all the authorities to make sure that this happens. Um, I think what Patrick's saying on some of his other points there about taking it up with the FBI and stuff, but you know, it's up to us really to address it. And it's up to us to make sure that our supporters travelling to away matches will also behave, not take pyrotechnics on the ground, not try and pick drunken and fights with all our supporters because it just brings the name of the club and the disrepute, and it's also endangering innocent supporters that are travelling to matches. So I have to agree with a lot of stuff that he's saying there, you know. And we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, and uh, our security company and council and ourselves will continue to do that in the future to try and stamp this out and educate people and the the under the way of enjoying the match, enjoying the whole match night experience without having a fear or causing fear for all our supporters. Um, I think. There's, there's, some, there's some elements there in the last couple of weeks, and it seemed to have got out of hand at the St. Pat's match on April 28th. Uh, that itself was ugly. Um, it caused a lot of concern for residents. caused a lot of concern for genuine supporters. And it seemed to carry over onto the Monday night against Shamrock Rovers on the 1st of May. Uh, now, again, police weren't standby outside. Police don't want to be there. You know, the police have been happy for 30, 40 years at Dairy City. They have been dealing with security and match nights on their own without any police interference. so they don't really want to be there, but they've got a duty of care to the citizens and the residents and the supporters, you know, so they've stood back and they've let our security company deal with it, and Pulse have been excellent with it, but we really need everybody to take a step back, have a look at what's going on, and make things improve and encourage those people causing the trouble They stop back and cease from it.
0: Do you feel, Bert, as there other avenues you can maybe go down of possibly engagement with these fans? Because you've done that so many times. Is it back to that again, do you feel?
3: Well, we've done that, Kevin, lots, and we will continue to do it. And from We're playing Dundalk next Monday night, and you'll see um, another presence of community leaders on the streets outside of the ground. We need to encourage these young people, you know, if you're not going into the match or you're not there to watch the football, stay away because be throwing bricks and glass and eggs over the wall on the away supporters. It's only antagonising things and it's only making them want to retaliate. So we're going to get community leaders to go out on the streets and persuade those younger people, if they're there, to cease from what they're doing and just make the match night experience better for everybody on side.
1: You know, Derry City fans, you know, away and at home matches, like they've always had a great reputation. Like travel mm-hmm. well and, and you know it's, they mix well with their away su- with supporters. You know, Do you, f- you feel that's changing? Have you ever in terms of their reputation now going to away games, considering the things that are happening at the Brandywell and and at the away grounds.
3: It doesn't. It doesn't need you know. And even you know, last week before we travelled to Drogheda, we had contact from Drogheda United Football Club asking us did we know any profiles if anyone was travelling because the Garda wanted, to know, that never happened in Derry City before when a, a club we were going to visit are asking for information up front about who's travelling, and it's very difficult to kind of provide that information you know you can profile people that are troublemakers but very very difficult to get them uh, identified on a way ground so that, that's a bit of a worrying trend i think going forward and that's something we need to educate people on too well,
1: it's not just where you want to put your resources on there as, as board that's members right. you know what i mean but it's uh, the, the thing that sort of struck me there is like you say when you say things like we won't have a club in the future if it sort of these things continue and well, these are vague statements, like the people should be sort of t- you know, taken on board, but the, the feedback, the actual feedback, anybody, I'm sure lots of Derry City fans or most Derry City fans know who you are, Baird, and know your face, and you know, you, you deal with the season tickets as well too, so they, yeah. they, they you interact with really you one way or another, like uh-huh. ahead of seasons and during the seasons, and um, but but in terms of the feedback that you're getting, you know, because it's, it's very much a family sort of affair that yeah. the brand will, and you want to continue that, you want to grow that. You do not want to be sort of, you don't want these fans or young young fans particularly, the future no. of the club, being afraid they come.
3: Uh, definitely not. I mean, and we've even seen it, you know, last year there was a big upsurge in demand for season tickets. This year it's been even greater and we couldn't fulfil the demand to be honest with you because of the capacity in the stadium. That's why we've gone down the road of using more terrorist tickets because we've had permission through the council to use this in a limited capacity. We've been doing that. We want to encourage families to come along. But again, you know, if a parents bring their two young children to a match and they want some kind of violent attack or they get attacked themselves or they just have a an unsavoury experience, the kids are going to be scared to come back. And we've heard that multiple times and it's just not good enough. We need to make people aware that this is a family-run club and it's a family event and it's a match night and we want to make it a good
1: experience. Well, Kev, Kev you've you, you been talking to Derry City fans as much as I do too, and you, there, there's a, a lot, we have to say there's a small minority, and a, a lot of fans are disgusted with so, so, certain behaviour, and, and we've seen it at the shamrock Rovers game, and then the Pats game as well. Too. Aye.
0: Aye, and that's the thing, Bert, that's the encouraging thing from Derry City Football mm. Club, the majority of our fans aren't happy with this, they don't yeah. want this to happen at all, they love going to weekend, they love the atmosphere. But they're dairy fans through and through, and they know that this is affecting not just the club, but yep. it eventually gets to the first team. Because, you know, there's so many fines have to be paid. That yep. affects Rory Higgins' budget. You know, all these type of things. It wasn't just Rory Higgins, it was Kenny Shields' taking it that's gone on. But the, this last year in particular, it's really sort of cranked it up, and it's obviously just put so much a headache on on the club.
3: Yeah, perhaps from an administration point of view. You know, when you can't get letters from the FIA with fines, you no, know, it's bad enough when you have to pay fines for players getting booked and stuff, but when you have to get unnecessary fines for pyrotechnics or bad behaviour in the match, it's just a big drain on the club's resources. And people think because our chairman has backed the club so well in the last few years that the pot's unlimited, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We still have to be self sufficient and we have to do fundraising. We have to get to that stage where we can manage ourselves financially. And be paying out fines to the FA unnecessarily, it's just, it's not on, it's not yeah. on for
1: anyone. I think the figure was over fifteen grand last season alone, wasn't it? Like, and I remember seeing you out in Riga and how yeah. disgusted you were with the behaviour of, of certain fans yeah. or and, and, fan Riga, and the cost of that. Absolutely, and
3: you know, because you think you're the way club and you're the minority of supporters in the stadium, but some fans refused to take their seats and stood in stairwells, we get fined for that. One fan decided to go on the pitch, we got a heavy fine for that. All this kind of stuff adds up, you know. And if you think you might end up paying up twenty or thirty thousand and fines every year, that's the cost of maybe getting a decent player on there. That's the reality of it. And that's the way we have to look at it.
0: Well, definitely. And you were saying there about sort of redevelopment and whatever else. There's there's a lot going on off the field too at yes. the club, and that's that's what fans will also want to hear about.
3: Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and that also in a very negative every ten or fifteen <laughs> minutes. And I don't I don't mean to be like that because. It's it's outweighed massively by the positives that's going on in yeah. the club, you know. We've a back manager and backroom team there, you know, that has, has just delivered amazingly in the last two years. Uh, they've brought in great players. We've had some really bad luck with injuries, as you know, but do you know the, the squad that's there have got the potential. They won the league for this club. And it's a long, long time, as we said, it's a generation ago since anyone since we left a, a league championship. Won in the F.A. Cup in November in front of, we believe there was about 23,000 people traveling there for that match. We won it handsomely, it's qualified, as for Europe. That has to be the springboard, that has to be the positives that you look at. And the fact that we have to turn people away from every home game means that we're doing something right. People want to be there, people want to experience it. And that's why we need to maybe work closer with council and the different regulation bodies just to make sure that we get a more... Just we get more capacity on the ground for next season going forward.
0: Well, there's obviously talk of the behind the, 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 the net. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's talk of that stand getting ready to rock and roll for next season. Everybody's hoping for what's the situation that, that is not
3: that. Well, as we know, the original plan was that the Mark Farn stand would be developed further. You know, I think maybe another thousand seats were to go on it, more facilities. That doesn't seem to be happening in the short term because of funding. Obviously, we know executive... Um, I think there's a pot of money there that can be released whenever uh the executive's up and running. I don't know whether it would cover the costs of actually finishing the Mark Fairn stand or whether it would be a case of partial or needing more money. I don't I really don't know. But in the meantime the club has been working closely with the council about developing some more capacity and hopefully behind the goal at Brandywell Road. Because it's the only real space at the minute that's got any potential apart from the Mark Fairn side.
0: Well that's that, that you know What are you sort of hoping there? Is it be terracing or be seats? Or what are you hoping they possibly get on to it? What's the sort of plans there?
3: Ideally, going with the figures and the people we're turning around this season, Kevin, we could probably put another 1,000 to 1,500 people through the gates on a match-to-match basis. And that's no exaggeration. So what I would say is that if we do get any development and we get any kind of construction and increasing capacity, we need to be looking at 1,500 to 2,000. Because if the club continues to grow the way it's growing, and we continue to get more younger supporters in and more families in, we attract more away supporters, it becomes a great event for the city. So we're going to need that capacity going forward.
0: When you look at Shamrock Rovers here this week yeah. against Bowes, it's $7,000 and they haven't even up the, yeah. the big stats. So it Aye. just tells you, if Derry City want to get there on the pitch, well, off it they have to do the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, and
3: we, you know, we've seen it before, build it and they will come. you know, And I, and I think that's a case we're in at the moment. and we need to grasp it we need to really work closely with council and anybody else that's involved in it to make this happen very shortly. Because we need to start planning our season tickets for next season. I know we're only sort of a quarter of the way through the season, but hopefully by summer we will be able to look out here and say, look, we're going to have this development. If it's realistic, it's going to happen. We need to make sure we plan for well in advance, make sure we accommodate away supporters, increased home supporters, and just make that whole season ticket experience a lot better than it was last year.
0: Obviously, we're talking we're a bit of doom and gloom as you say in the first 10 minutes here, but there is so much to be positive about, yeah. not just on the pitch, but off it too. It must be an easy
1: sell for these season tickets,
0: is
3: it? <laughs> Do you know what, Simon? We said it like, and I spoke to yourselves about it too. We really could have sold in our 1,000 season tickets, maybe more. And now, because those people weren't able to get season tickets, they're now crying for match day tickets. Hmm. And our only option at the moment, because the seating in the stadiums virtually sold out every match, so we've only got terrace tickets left, which isn't ideal because the terracing areas at each side of the Mark stand are fairly flat, so it's not ideal to have kids or families there because they just won't see, and it forces people to move towards the front of the railings, and it's not ideal, which is why we only have adult season tickets at the moment. But what we find that the demand is so great that young people are buying adult terrace tickets <laughs> just to get into the game. Just
0: to get in. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a few young sort of kids to it, matches now where... They're probably a wee bit too young to really appreciate the game, yes. manage, so they're playing their own wee fat side of things. <laughs> yeah, which, sliding down that sliding hole. Sliding down that hole, it's probably That's, not best uh, for yourself in the country.
3: <laughs> well, that, that, that was something that was brought up too with the security, you know, and even with the groundsmen in the stadium, because they've concerns that there's kids coming in there, maybe, and there's 10 or 20 kids running around playing their own football match behind the stand during the match. They shouldn't be unaccompanied They start by. That's something we have to look at. If they're going to be there and that watch the match, they need to be sort of kept somewhere that they're not causing a danger because there's people going about there with hot cups of tea and hot food and stuff and we've had one instance where a man was had a cup of tea knocked out of his hand by a kid playing football. Pure innocence. The kids don't don't, don't understand it but we need to appeal to parents. Please bring your kids along certainly if they've got season tickets but keep them in their seats to watch the game because we're going to have to take measures to stop people running around causing any
1: kind of inconvenience for all our supporters. Yeah, as, a, as personally, as a, as a Derry City fan for for a long time, and I don't want to give away your age, but <laughs> uh, you know you've, you've been through all the tough times and the good times as well too with the club. But in, in terms of what you see for the future and the potential of the club, you know, firsthand, you know, with, with tickets and all the, the different oh. things that go on around the around the club that people maybe go on scene as well to all that hard work that you put in uh, along with way, like but. With a new terrace and everything else, are you excited about the future and do you think that they can really sort of a the but
3: the club? I, just, I would love to see it happening very soon if it's mm-hmm. going to happen, Simon. Mm-hmm. Preference would be, again, to see the Mark Farn stand expanded. They have more kind of hospitality areas in it, you know, so we can make corporate nights for businesses and sponsors They come along. We don't have them facilities at the moment. We don't even have, uh, we don't even have room for the guys to watch their kit. They have to take it off-site after every match, after every training session. I want to see that develop, but you know, very least we need more capacity. Should it be behind that goal or wherever it does, it'll be more than welcome, and I'm really looking forward to it happening.
1: Yeah, so the, I suppose like you, we don't want to end it on a, a, a sour note, but hmm. it's it's when it's a weekly recurrences, you know, you have to have to be sort of addressed. you agree with that, bear. Like it does yes. have to be addressed and, and hopefully rectified. Like you know, yeah. like the, the tr- crowd trouble. Hopefully, that seemed they got a hold on the. the the pyro stuff, you know, yeah. so yeah. It's, it seems yeah. that that's all improved.
3: Mm, that That's going the right direction, mm. you know, and again, there, there's people on there that, you know, there was people removed and they were barred and they were told they weren't welcome back again. They've come back and apologised. They've worked with the security company They try and convince younger people. The error of their way, should we say, in match nights, and that does seem to be working. But for some reason, there was these physical attacks that took place over the last two matches, and that is just not acceptable people are going to get themselves criminal records, apart from even having on their mind that they've caused an injury to a supporter or a child, you know, behind the stand. So they really need to look at what they're doing, come and enjoy the match, and make it a good experience for everybody else.
0: Well, we might have been a wee bit doom and gloom a, a lot, of that, but as you say, there's a lot of positivity, yeah. both on and off the pitch, and the future looks very bright at the minute for the club. Like.
3: Do you know what? Again, we need more capacity. We need Rory and the team to keep delivering the way they've been doing it. And we need people to keep coming along, supporting the club, behaving, enjoying the match night experience. And you know what? It's, it's limited. The, the, the opportunities are there in the future in the next few years, for not just for ourselves, but for all the clubs in Ireland.
0: Well, Bert, thanks very much for calling on. That's, that's brilliant. That's uh, a nice reaction from the club. What we wanted, just the, the sort of clarify a few issues and, and it's good that you've come in and you've you've discussed things. so thank very much for calling in bert.
3: thank you kevin thanks my pleasure thank you
0: well there we are up was bert martin on giving a few wee pointers of what the future sort of holds for Derry city and while as i said it was a wee bit downbeat maybe at the start and a few issues had to be discussed and rightly so it also there's a lot of positivity so much so you know you're talking about the the possible stand and the capacity going up and there's as I say, there's a lot of positivity there to at the club.
1: Uh you don't want to be like digging on bull ground in terms of you know things that have happened, incidents that have happened at the brand Well in the past or over in Riga as was mentioned and stuff like that. But when it's a weekly or every two weeks it reoccurs and rears its ugly head, you, it has to be addressed and, and that when when you know that club are working so hard they cut it out too. Like it's if like they said it's a, it's a small minority too, but just maybe given fans at that, that bad rep um, but no he, he, like, I thought Bert spoke very well like and honestly like you know it's it's it's, it's a brave sort of stance they take you know as, as a, as a you know, sort of public figure to they come out and, and you know, to say that sort of stuff publicly like, but I uh, definitely things that have to change but on the positive note I think he was keen to sort of emphasize that the positivity around the club and, and how you, the potential that it has that that the new terrace all sounds fantastic um, and, and who knows, we could we could have a new pitch or we could, you know, the, the, the Mark Farn stand, uh, who knows, could be completed.
0: Well, this is it. Like it, it, but it's basically, the thing that impressed me too about Bert was he was saying, we sort of has to grasp a nettle now, you yeah. are no more sitting in our hands waiting. He wants to you know, planning for next season's uh, season tickets, right, what can we, uh, is, is the stand going to be done, what's going to happen there, are we going to have a bigger capacity? He also did it like... No fear whatsoever. They could have sold at least another 1,000 season tickets this Mm, season. And that just tells you, you know, uh, the whole league is on the up. And basically, for Derry City's point of view, if you want to be catching Tiamat Rovers, and you look at them on Friday night, Mm 7,000 against Bohemians, and we loaded it, they haven't even got the big stand opened up that they've bought behind the net. So that just tells you, you know, if you want to gather that momentum and keep this momentum, a lot of families coming Mm -hmm. to the matches, uh, you know, people are saying that to you you see so many families there now it's, it's great they see and that's your next generation you know their, their children were down at that cup final are always wanting to go to Le Brandon now they want to keep going and that's where you have to keep everything sort of taking over and to be fair to Bert uh, and the club they're doing a lot of work behind um, the scenes that thankfully they've sort of come out and discussed it here and, um, and hopefully now fans will be a bit more appreciative of what is actually happening behind the scenes
1: uh, because you, you, you want I know the players do and it. it's like uh, we, we had Mark McIntosh on as, a, as somebody who doesn't regularly attend the matches came down, and it was good to get his sort of view as an outside sort of uh, pair of eyes on it, like, so to speak. But uh, he felt it was very flat. He, you know, there's a lot of things that can be done inside the, the stadium for the fans, you know, and, and, and you know, as they build on that sort of stuff, you know, with way more fans, and extra thousand or so fans on it would be fantastic. You kind and might get intimidated if you want the, uh, if you want to do things and, and, and get big results against big teams in this league and we've seen in Drogheda too I thought their their fans are exceptional like, uh, they, know, they,
0: they never stopped hmm. to be fair they were superb at the last Friday night they were a credit to the club they didn't seem to be any baller or such they yeah. were just a, a full
1: 90 minutes there was a boy with no top on like, but just fist his, his own fans You know, he didn't see didn't any of see the match. action on the pitch which is probably why he was so excited uh,
0: exactly <laughs> he, if they hadn't been turned around seeing <laughs> Trooper name headers he'd have been going even more mental. <laughs>
2: Well,
1: no, but, but no, good good to have Bert on too. And uh, uh, Patrick, thanks for uh sending on your, your, your rhetoric as well too or your email. Uh, and we would encourage ours too, if they have any talking points, anything you want us to raise and, and maybe put to the club or whoever. Uh send send on your thoughts or your questions.
0: I can send them an email, Kevin at dairyjournal or Simon at Dairyjournal or on Twitter. KV Max 77 and Simon Collins, Simon 82. Dot Collins 82 Ah, yeah, right? Simon Collins82, yeah. Ah, I thought there was a dot on there too, but they will. I got your, got 82, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, as I say, it, we, we want the feedback from the fans because, you know, as Patrick sort of alluded, we're in a privileged position as such that we can get to the club, we can speak to the club on these type of issues and any issue at all, we gravely want any issues you want us to. A bit of feedback about the podcast, all that type of stuff is, is more than welcome. And as I say, anything we can get, we will try and get answers for you. And as I say, it was great that Bert came on this week. And talking of this week, uh, mm. a big tisty one Friday night. Well, not even worry about uh, dog until later, yeah. but tisty at uh, Daily Mountain Friday night. That's going to be a tough one.
1: Definitely. I mean, getting beaten the Dublin Derby too, you know, smarting from that one. Like, but, uh, she uh, you know, it's 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 always a cracking game in daily mind. Like I hope I haven't jinxed it, but that's all <laughs> no no over <Robert>, no. <laughs> But no, that's that's this is a big one. In terms of as you said, Shamrock Rovers playing U C D you would expect them to pick up another three points and just keep that momentum going, which is a wee bit scary at this stage, like the way they've they picked up momentum. But um massive massive game for Rory. For They'll be buoyed by that re- result performance and Drahala. Uh just hopefully they can find their, their, their shooting boots, so to speak, maybe that wee bit of creativity that they've been lagging up top, maybe, you know, so, and not really these are free-flowing affairs in Daily Mount, I'm
0: still going for another <laughs> that now, if after that's true, but no, you're right, to be fair, Daily Mount pitch, big pitch, and and Derry have, and other jinx, they have a good record down there, Uh uh but no, I think the the wide-open spaces for for Green and Mickey Duffy in particular will be just lapping it up with the two of them, and I'm not picking a raised team, to be fair, but I, I, I would say that they've a fair chance of them two been involved. But no, I, I, I'm looking forward to myself. It's, it's the one ground I really love going down there. I right. love Dilly Mount. It's a great atmosphere. It's the first time we're actually down this year, and the atmosphere you see in uh, our team, you see in League of Ireland TV, the Dilly much changed now, because that whole DS Kelly stand is all home fans, and even behind the net where the away fans used to go, they're not there anymore. So the away fans are now behind the dugouts are on the opposite side, so, like, it's, there's a lot of Bulls fans. already seen them saying they're a sellout already, so... Look, it's going to be tasty. There, you played them a couple of weeks ago. As we know, what the Brandiwell, suffered a defeat. You're not going to use that in your, you no know, out the veins or nothing again. Yeah. But you, you want to sort of get back at it. And trying, because there's so many games in the next couple of weeks, or Friday, Monday, you can't build that bit of momentum and get it going. And you started with getting the victory drawn. Like, can you get another two victories this weekend? What well, sets you up lovely then, like...
1: Well, if you got six points out of these two games, you'd be doing well. Like you know, I think Declan will have other sort of plans. You know, it's I'm sure he's relishing this as well. Too, we, we spoke to him at the brandy and he, you know, we still have, obviously it's his club, there. City, so his his hometown club. But but he'll be again just determined to get them back on on track as well. Too, and and sort of not lose that. That foothold at the top, especially Rovers coming. Like, so it's 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 it's, got all, it's it's going to be a fantastic uh, game. You would expect, you know, a fantastic uh, chance for Derry, They they sort of move up that table as well too. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to it in, ter- in terms of 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 what sort of performance we get from Derry, It's it's hard to say, though, isn't it?
0: That's that's a fine Like, You know, it's as Ray just keeps alluding. it trying to get that bit of consistency yeah. because you've got too many games coming up. Hopefully, you can and. You know it's, 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 we keep going back there to the Daily Mount pitch. Everybody's going to be looking forward to The players know themselves. Uh, you enjoy playing down there. And Derry have had a few narrow close encounter victories the last couple of years down mm. there. And lit goals and lit drama. My advice is if you're going down, stay about the bitter end. Don't be thinking ah too much of go walking Get out and beat the traffic. i would be staying the end because there's normally lit goals at Daily Mount when Derry and Bowser are playing. So, after you get your 1-0 prediction up last week, I will let you have a first stab so, uh, in your prediction this week.
1: Aye, well, um, I've already said it's going to be very open. Free uh, football. So I didn't say there's going to be loads of goals. Uh, so this is, it's going to be that end-to-end. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, I do think, I, I think, I, I expect Derry that they won it, you know. I do think that Derry's a better team than Bulls. Uh, I have to I have to say that I haven't seen seen both this season and you know just uh, just getting that consistency right there is the thing we all know they've got the players who so if they, once they turn up and they show the same kind of uh, intensity and and character performance hunger that they showed in, against Drogheda, uh then then they can turn over any team like but it's um, it's it's just the, the worrying thing of the not is the goals and the, the lack of goals like so we've seen Adam O'Reilly score maybe. He's adding an extra wee threat. I mean, Mickey Duffy's always going to be a threat. Hopefully, uh, the, the likes of Dumb again and Fats are, are back soon as well. Too they they sort of shore up the mud field. But, um, I, I'm taking a long way around uh,
0: this. Just, this
2: is, uh,
1: to be honest, yeah, I've lost interest. Have huh? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you? Hopefully, i <they've> lost start <laughs> 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 But no, I I expect they're I'm going to and it's. Uh, I'm going to go, although they've been struggling
0: to find the net. I'm gonna go two one. Right, so I well I, I I can't sort of disagree with a lot of that. Uh you're hoping the likes of Key and Kevin or, or Jimmy gonna go one or two of them. this big pitch, wide open spaces, great and duffy as I say, try and get them a chances. Uh it's it's a but the in the end keeping the clean sheet and when they did it on Friday night down at, uh, at Drogheda at it's always been difficult they get the clean sheet but I'm going to take the uh, your book. I'm taking a 1-0 and back up the road.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going one dairy. Uh And as I say, I will not be shocked if it's in stoppage time and a Cameron McJanet or a Campe well, can't be scoring again. Maybe fair. it's an OG. Uh, but no, I, I'm thinking 1-0 dairy back up the road and we'll take that. And then we, we move on then. It's pretty quick. We're on the end of the Dundalk, which will probably mean we'll be back in this office on Monday night after great. the game in Dundalk. But... Dundalk Monday night, uh, Derry, you know, Derry and Dock. if you're Stevie at all, you're going, I enjoy playing Derry, because he, he's a good record against right. uh, against the Smoker, and he's a good record against Derry, so it's just trying to break that ceiling of, of beating Dundalk, because we don't really have the best record against them, to be honest with you.
1: Well, the, the elephant in the room for the last few weeks was the the, the, the home form, like the <laughs> but uh, we're back at home again. But they're, they're talking about Bose. Like, uh, look at their waveforms being sensational this year. I mean, look at it. The results have been super. Like, so hopefully they continue that. But I'm uh, Monday and on Dockets. They've never. It's just so hard to call, like, you know. But um, and, and and just all the sort of different factors of being at the random stuff and on Monday night as well. Again, you just hope that the that the crowd sort of can get behind them. And, and you know when they're struggling. But, Parts where they will be struggling with parts of the game, you, you sort of need that cr- the crowd behind them. But I think that again, the way Dundalk have been going, again very un- inconsistent as well too. If they're get a big one at Derry Mount, I think they'll go on and get another one there. So I, I would go again. I don't know where get all these goals from, but I'm going to go two uh, nil.
0: You are only goal, but you're right that the goals have to sort of start coming. But they'll be fair. to Dundalk. Just looking at their recent record, now they beat UCD, they beat Sligo 1-0 and they beat Drogheda 3-2. Now the Drogheda one was a wee bit strange because Drogheda were down to TMM for a long period and brought it back the 2 each after Dundalk were 2 up. So look, I'm sort of getting a wee bit long wanted there but I'm agreeing with you. I think Daryl one, and I actually think they'll keep a clean sheet and I think they'll win 2-0 against Dundalk. I think the first game of the season they battered them. I just couldn't score. That was probably Prior, they was it pats or whatever their best performance of the season. They were the very time. good, just couldn't get that goal. And I think if they get there, they go or A go take the lead against them, Doc, I think we'll get a second and on the counter and beat them two 0 So I'm going for two 0 Monday night.
1: Right, because they give they give them out even down at Oriel Park. They give them out even encouragement. They get in the subs made a difference as well too. The, the experienced guys like Benson and and then Pat Hudden and stuff like that coming on, on. So. Um, Aye, it would be fantastic. What, what, what a couple of days that would be if you get six points from Maggie, You're right back in there. Uh,
0: Fortunately, our double over the last couple of weeks <laughs> has been shocking. Like, I think the last double we did was Trajada Bose and we had two narrow home victories and we know how that went. Aye,
1: uh, well, it's good the fact that they're still in there with, with untouching distance at the top, you know, considering they've gone through a wee, a wee bad patch as well too and, and, and the injuries. You've, you've got to overall care. Okay, what, what, like your reflection now? Because... Uh, we're almost 15 games into the season like you know it'll be 15 games on Friday night that's that's a good chunk of the season gone. like how, on reflection what, how do you think it's going and, and would you be happy with that at the start of the season
0: I would surely I think the big thing is you're probably a wee bit disappointed you're not A top of the league or further clear Rovers because it's a start Rovers mm. hit no not one them. they're opening five games and they're sitting as we speak before Friday night they're sitting two points clear e. and a point behind both both the face agreed that we thought both of the team would do really well this year. And that, at now, I didn't expect them to be sitting top of the league after the 14 games and flying. But I did think they would do well on their decade. Uh But from Derry's point of view, it is a case of, look, 15 games in, if you were sitting in 28 points, 15 games in, you'd be, you'd be taking that. So, it, it's all about just building momentum, and as I alluded to earlier, if... Because there's so many Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, you could build that wee bit of momentum and getting things taken over and confidence would be up. And uh, you to get the squad back up and running. Alexa Patrick back and Cameron Dummigan hasn't kicked the ball. Last time we have seen it was in Spain. That just seems so long ago. It's frightening now, you know, like that. And then obviously Mark Connolly tooting him back in. And James McLean. Oh, not even start that rumor. <laughs> By the way, teams, if you're listening up, up, us started that. he just started that rumor there. But no, I think on that funny note, which is great, we will we will end up that funny note there. Uh, listen, folks, thanks for uh, listening on, and uh, we'll we'll be back next week. We're a double header of taking place. We'd like to thank the children of Greenhall Primary School for the podcast jingle and any city fans out there with anything they want they ask us, they can email us simon.collins at dairyjournal.com or myself, kevin.nagohan at dairyjournal.com
1: Also keep an eye on social media on Twitter at dairyjournal and on Instagram at dairyjournal underscore Make sure you like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a beat as we follow the fortunes of Dairy City Football